0: interviewing Darren Doyle who is the president of Agronosatros he was born and raised in Dublin Ireland and he moved offshore since he is 19 uh, he arrived in Panama in 2012 and he met his current partners uh, David Sewell who is CEO of Agronosatros and after a couple of years they have formed their first company together which is International Coffee Farms <laughs> You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S.com. Welcome, Darren, to Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you? Hey, Alpesh. Delighted to be here. Thank you for joining us. Where, yeah. are you, where are you now?
1: I'm in our Panama City office here in Panama, after, just after getting back from the summit at sea and a week before we head off
0: to sunny Belize. Oh, wow. Belize. And that's what we are going to talk about, right? So what's Agronosotros? So
1: Agronosotros is a vertically integrated specialty agriculture and specialty food company. We own and operate specialty coffee farms here in Panama and fine flavor cacao farms in Belize. We started off originally five, five years ago next month. We oh, will be... Five years? Right. Yeah, five-year anniversary. I yeah. didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah, it comes, comes by fast. So five years ago, we set up International Coffee Farms, which was the specialty coffee farm company in Boquete, Panama. And... We started off our one first 3.2 hectare farm back in 2015, January 2015. And in October last year, we just bought our 12th farm there. Wow. So we have, uh, I think even since your last visit, we now have added quite a few more farms. We've added a 77,000 seedling capacity nursery. We've got the beneficio. We've got the lab. And we've now opened our own coffee and chocolate shop. So truly seed to bean to cup, in Panama. And in Belize, we started that a couple of years later and we started off. We now have six cacao farms in Belize, three of which are planted. Uh, the saplings there are 18 months old and three more which we planted next year. And we have our own factory. Our fermentation and drying depot, a fifty thousand capacity nursery, and we have two chocolate shops. One of which you were in the last time you were in Belize, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. So we have the one chocolate shop in the Mahogany Bay Resort, the Hilton Resort there on hamburgers Key. Yep. And since you were there the last time, we opened a factory in Punta Gorda, not oh, too far. Okay. Not too far from where the farms are, right down there on the water. Not far from where we would have had dinner in Waluco's, Some Walukos. Yes. Of your tour.
0: Oh, I enjoyed that a lot. <laughs> so
1: just a couple of hundred yards down that waterfront, we, we got a house there that we converted into a factory. So we have the, nice. the cracking, roasting, winnowing, and that's where the chocolate bars are being made now and distributed countrywide to 70, I think 71, 72 locations now across the country.
0: Wow, that's awesome. I didn't realize about this second, second chocolate shop, but that's, that's great. Yeah, this,
1: we're always always moving, always growing,
0: so it's good. Yeah, man, I have known you for over uh, two years now. Of course, I acquired a coffee farm as well in Panama and looking into cacao farm as well, uh, but we'll talk about that. So uh, what's your role there? What do you do? So since since we started, I met David Sewell back in 2012,
1: um, who's my business partner and the founder of International Coffee Farms and CEO of Agrinosotros, and he took me under his wing as a young salesman originally, and then he brought me on board as a partner in International Coffee Farms when we set up the company in 2014. <coughs> Excuse me. And since that day, my r- my role for the first few years was in- on the investment side of things, marketing and selling the parcels to investors such as yourselves organizing the tours and looking after that side of things while David looked after the financing accounting operation, that side of things. Now, as we've grown, we have, I mentioned there are a couple of different companies, but we've got basically five or six different companies. And I look after all the sales and marketing of the parcels and now the products, which is the nice, exciting step in our development is now marketing and developing coffee products and chocolate products.
0: That's that's awesome. So, um, of course, I, I understood about coffee, you know, and that's why I invested. But why chocolate? Why cacao?
1: So every every time we were talking to our investors, we were always talking to them about diversifying and diversifying outside your home country. And if you're all in one product or one country or one asset, then you're vulnerable. And we realized we were in the same boat. We were all in Panama, all in one product, and we wanted to diversify. So chocolate and cacao has always had the same supply and demand metrics as, co- as specialty coffee and david wanted to start in cacao back in 2012 as well sorry 2014 uh, but we wanted to make sure we had international coffee farms fully established first so we've been looking at chocolate the supply and demands for high ends fine flavor specialty chocolate is is huge there's a massive undersupply and it's just another proven non-perishable product that we knew would make a good balance to your coffee portfolio so coffee and chocolate's not a bad combination
0: that's true <laughs> you can't go wrong everyone needs to drink coffee and everyone loves chocolate right <laughs> so um Interesting. Of course, I I understood why Panama, when I did the tour in Panama, as well as Belize, why Panama for coffee, you know, South America or Central America, but why Belize for chocolate? There are a lot of other countries as well, and I always thought that the, you know, chocolates in Europe are the best or coming from Europe, so why Belize? Well, that's a bit of a
1: go off the point there but when you said people say that chocolate from Europe is the best but there's no chocolate grown in Europe they just they take the cacao that's grown in Central America and South America and
0: Africa and they bring it to Europe and they manufacture the chocolate there so that's true and that's what I wanted to bring up because most of the time you know when we see chocolates coming from Switzerland or you know Belgium and you're like oh these are the best right it's like Italian coffee there's no coffee trees in Italy (laughs) So sure. it's a little bit different to
1: wine the and uh, the way they can name it. But we didn't want to go too far. We've been living in Panama now. I'm here seven years now. David's here probably 13 years. And wow. we didn't want to go too far from Panama when we were looking at our next opportunity. And Belize is probably, I think it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's the original home of cacao. Like the Mayas have been growing cacao there for thousands of years. That's true. So where are a better place to start. It also has British common law and speaks English. And it's a, it's a very popular place on the map now for people to retire to, and there's a lot of investment coming into the country. And it's, it's underdeveloped, so there's opportunity there for upside potential. And you can fly there for two, in two hours direct from Panama. So it makes all of those things make ease of doing business best. And obviously then we sent our own agronomists and everyone over there to analyze the soil and they have some of the best natural conditions for growing cacao that we have seen. So all of those things combined together. And then when we were offered the opportunity to open a chocolate shop in Mahogany Bay Resort in there in Belize, that kind of made
0: it all come together. So, Yeah, that's... Uh... Belize is beautiful. ambergris Giskies, oh, I was blown away. And then, of course, it's a growing country and a and market, right? So
1: Yeah, it's very very different to Panama. If I look out my window here in Panama, you can probably count 40 or 50 skyscrapers mm-hmm. that are 50 stories high. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if you were expecting that when you came here. But when you go to Belize... I was not. <laughs> no, it's the first surprise for a lot of people. But when you go to Belize, and especially southern Belize where where we have our farms is very different to Amberger's Key where you have your Hilton resort and everything. It's subsistence farmers, native Mayan and, and other native Indians down there, and they really don't have anything. They have a lot of land, but they can't even afford to plant it. So we felt that one of the strong pillars of our I suppose one of the strong keystones of our business model of how we operate our companies is under sustainability and not just using it as a buzzword or a marketing word but truly being economically sustainable because we all have to stay around and make money to stay around Yes. Being environmentally sustainable as in we leave the earth in a better place than how we found it and then socially sustainable which didn't originally have a, one of the biggest roles in our company but has become a more and more important part of what we do so in Belize, we have a socially sustainable program whereby we supply a channel to market to 200 and something native Mayan cacao farmers that up until then had no way of getting their product to the end consumer. Oh, so they were wow. just left. They had the land, they had amazing cacao, but they didn't, yeah. have, they didn't know how to run it like a business and get it. So the people in Europe wanted their, c- their chocolate and the people in cacao could grow it, but nobody could join
0: the dots. That's too bad, so, right? Yeah. Is that, yeah then, I, if, if I understand correctly, that that was part of the culture, right? Growing cacao and a lot of those. When I was there, it was just pretty interesting. But that, if they are not able to make their ends meet, then at over so, so certain period of time, they will lose, right? The land or or the yeah. They lose the motivation and eventually the position
1: they're in now they don't have the money to plant out the farms and manage the farms for the three or four years that it takes to reach production to be full-time farmers so what we've done while we're waiting for our own um, cacao farms to reach full production we have set up a, a program where we buy wet cacao beans at the farm gate from, I believe it's 204 farmers, you need to check that number. And we pay them well above what the world market rate is, which is below the cost of production. And on top of that, we give them 20% of the value of their sale back to them in credit that they can take in the form of saplings from our cacao nursery with the idea being that they can plant out their farms because a lot of them have 30 acres and only one acre is planted. So they're so, never going to be able to survive off that.
0: And by doing that, you kill two birds in one stone. They have the saplings and the, and you, you are providing them the saplings so you can make sure that you are getting the right type of chocolate. Correct. So, you know, the old saying, teach a man to fish
1: versus give a man a fish. So right. we don't want to give them just money for free and we don't want to have to own half of Belize to grow all the cacao so if we make it possible for them to be able to plant out their farms so that they can make a living for themselves
0: we will buy the cacao from them in three or four years when they're in production interesting so yes yeah, so that socially sustainable part is there anything else you are doing on on that portion as well do you have your own employees and do you, how do you take care of them Yeah, so all of our employees across
1: Agronosotros across the two countries, we have, like I said, I think we're about 104 employees now across the two countries. Everybody, we pay their social security, we pay them higher standard of living, we improve their accommodations. You see, especially some of the Panamanian Indians here, they live in a corrugated iron hut with a mud floor, and we build them, not the Ritz, but we build them a, a modern facility with running water septic tank flush toilets gas cookers stuff like that five inch mattresses and just give them some place that they can be proud of to call home right
0: and I was impressed with you know whatever you had done in Panama you know having the basic necessities you know which we take for granted and providing them with those necessities that was uh, that's great that's that's a, actually, yeah that's means- why I liked or I, I enjoyed that too and I, 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 I felt proud that I invested in coffee farm in Panama. Just for, Yeah. And you can that. see,
1: that you hit the nail on the head there. It's providing the basics, stuff that we literally take for granted. So we, have, we started a scholar program for the kids of the workers on our farms three years ago. And at the first year, we had nine kids in school. Second year, we had 27 kids in school. This year, now, at the last count, we have 61 kids and three adults in school. Wow. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So we 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 have some similar projects to this that we'll implement in Belize
0: over the next couple of years as well. So Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'll make another trip out there just to see all those projects. Yeah, well, you've made, I don't know if you
1: realize, but you've made it into some of our recent marketing material. Those good images of you with your hairnet on making bars of chocolate. Oh, so, really? I got to. Like,
0: take <laughs> I need more footage. Uh, that, uh, I will send it out as well. I'll send out that image. <laughs> <laughs> but that's awesome. So uh, now, uh, of course, we spoke about the sustainability side of it. Uh, but for investor, what's in it for investors? What kind of ROI? So, any, any
1: of these agricultural deals, if your IRR is calculated over 20 years which is the industry standard um, and it gives you an average annual return based on the production over those 20 years so you're looking at an average annual return of around 10 to 12, 13% across the two countries, both of them starting off at little to nothing in the first couple of years because this is agriculture and Mother Nature right. takes time, the I'll give you, as an example, with this newest coffee farm that we acquired in October, we're going to plant them come May or June or July when the rainy season is in. And that coffee tree will be looked after and minded and fed and taken care of for three full years before it gives you any coffee.
0: I see. But once it does,
1: and once the farms are managed properly and you prune and rotate properly, you will get coffee and cash flow from that farm in perpetuity. And it's the the same with cacao. One slight difference in cacao is, as I mentioned, we're buying cacao from other farmers and we're processing it into semi-finished and finished products, such as cacao nibs, cacao powder, cacao butter, and the two chocolate bars, which, had we launched the chocolate bars by the time you were there?
0: The Belize- no, but broke down, right? No. Um, it wasn't launched now. Yeah, after you know, my you, visit, I think you guys launched
1: it. Did you get a chance to sample some of the chocolate at New Orleans? Oh,
0: no, I, I did sample the chocolate. They're amazing. There is no doubt. I wanted to have the breakdown bar, but yeah, I couldn't. But oh, I I took home tons of chocolate. <laughs> okay, and I didn't I didn't even pay you for that
1: plug, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we launched the Belizean, which was a seventy-two percent high-end uh, dark chocolate bar think of your airport cruise ship tourist bar but we didn't want to leave out the locals the local Belizeans live in a country where they produce amazing cacao and they're importing Snickers and Mars so (laughs) we thought we wanted to create something by Belizeans for Belizeans so the Brookdown is a it's the same picture of Snickers bar that kind of shape and size and it's a 50% milk chocolate bar with some almonds and nuts in it Um, and it's available in like a, I think 71 or 72 locations around Belize now with, for both of those bars. So as an investor, you get to participate in the profits of those chocolate bars as well as the finished and semi-finished products. And then when our farms kick into production as well, you'll get an extra bump and you'll get the returns from them. So three revenue streams in cacao uh, and one revenue stream in Panama.
0: And um, when you mentioned 10 to 12% ROI, uh over 20 years, that still includes my land, right? So after 20 years, I still have the land, right? Which may have appreciated over time. Yeah, exactly. So the, I, I, we've changed
1: some of the material in our newsletters
0: now because some people seem to
1: think that it, you get 10% a year forever and it stays like that. That's not how it works. You, by year 10, you could be in 15, 20%. 15, you could be up in 30%. By year 20, you could be in 30 plus percent. We don't normally like talking about that far down the line because a lot can happen in between. As it is, your return. A little bit lower. So you can see it all in the financial projections.
0: We'll show you exactly what you would expect to receive year on year. I see. So, um, and what happens? uh, Do I have to pay anything else once I I have acquired a half an acre parcel from you guys. What's the enti- what's the process? And let's say, you know, after 10, 20 years, you have to replant the trees or saplings. Do, do you, uh, am I involved in any of that? Or is this a full turnkey operation? No, it's, it's fully turnkey. So once you come in on board, let's
1: use cacao as an example, and you acquire your half acre parcel, we finished the subdivision that we're working on now. You get allocated your parcel in the farm in order to fund funded. You get your parcelization map and your exact parcel with your GPS coordinates, and that's you. That's your farm. That's your parcel. Included in your, po- in your price of, you, of your parcel is the cost of imp- making the improvements to the land, getting it deeded to you, and getting it fully operational. Once it's fully operational and in production and cash flow and there's no capital calls from you, there's no annual fees, there's no taxes in Panama or Belize, so it is fully turnkey. You just have to sit back and collect your cheque and read the newsletters and follow the progress. When we get to years in coffee, year 15 to 18, and in cacao, year 25, that's coming near the end, near the height of the production cycle of the tree. So what we do is a couple of years before the trees are past their peak, we just plant baby saplings in the rows, let them grow in the shade. And once the new saplings are ready to reach production, we take down the older trees, recycle them back into the, into the farm, and you have another 25 years of production from that section of your cacao farm. So we manage each farm, rotating them so that we always have, um, we're always constantly replenishing the farms as they get past their peak.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So I, I you, there is no capital call or I'm not involved at all. So once no. I have acquired this parcel, I, I'm just waiting for two yeah. to three years. Okay, it's, full, it's fully turnkey. You don't need to be a professional coffee farmer
1: or cacao farmer. <laughs> just uh, you leave that to the experts. It's, it's truly passive. <coughs> we do encourage you to come down and visit us. Come down and see your farm. Uh, come down and try some of the product from your own farm. We do tours like the one that you were on. Uh, we still do tours at least three times a year in each country. So if, you're will, if you want to come down and visit us or come down after you're acquired, either
0: one, you're more than welcome. Yeah, I was actually going to talk about the tour. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. So yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed the Belize tour. And of course, I got a Panama tour, a private Panama tour with Mr. David Savell. And I enjoyed that one too. And... The perfect pair coffee shop in Panama. Uh, That was awesome. Uh, But uh, yeah, you can't beat Belize though.
1: (laughs) So instead of me trying to tell your listeners about the tour, why don't you tell me what was your favorite part about the cacao tour in Belize?
0: Cacao tour in Belize, um, I enjoyed the time I spent with you guys, right? The way you explained the entire process. And then I was able to hang out with the farmers, right? And they showed us how the process from start to finish that was amazing i i never knew that it takes so much effort to make a chocolate right so that was um eye-opener
1: <laughs> yeah most we start off when we show everybody knows what a chocolate bar looks like but if you ever show someone maybe in your show notes you can have a picture of a cacao pot yes people will be surprised they have no idea that it came from from where it did and the best thing about the tour We want to obviously show you how much is involved. It's not as simple as just plant a tree and let it grow. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. We want you to meet the workers so you can see where the socially sustainable fund goes. And we want you to be able to sample the final product yourself and show you the whole process
0: from seed to bar and take some chocolate home with you. Yeah, I totally recommend going on the Belize tour, if you are really interested in the coffee, uh, I mean chocolate or cacao um, farm, and same way the Panama coffee parcel tour, of course we may do another podcast to talk about it, but I, it's, it, it's eye-opening, and as he mentioned, I I, I I did not know that the chocolate comes from this chocolate or the cacao pods, and then you open that, and you could literally test the uh, dark chalk cacao uh, beans and that was just out of this world <laughs> so uh, talking about i have one more question um darren about the risks what are the risks and how do you mitigate some or all of those risks so <clears throat> so like anything there's not, nothing is risk free we did
1: our best when we were, no. putting the, were putting the deal. Anyone that tells you it is risk-free, just run away. Yep. <laughs> so, when we were putting the deals together, we thought very carefully. We said, okay, so, two two picked proven products. So, it's not like we're selling a widget or a new fancy idea that might come and go as a fad. Coffee and chocolate, I think, it's pretty sure that they're here to stay. You own the land, which is your security of your capital. You got your proven products. It's In two secure countries where you've got the same rights as the locals to own land. So that kind of mitigates that kind of asset side of risk over there. But because it's agriculture, your main risks are always going to be pest and disease. So a little bit, um, both both of them can be mitigated against by just having a well run, well capitalized company. So, if you ever hear about farms or farmers in Central America where they got wiped out because they lost all their crop due to Black Pod, Manila, or in, mm. Panama. in, Bra- in Panama, it's Roja and uh, Broca, it's usually because the farmer was a subsistence farmer, planted too many trees on his farm, so they were too close together. Uh, let the trees get too old. So you have these old trees that have a weak immune system, planted too close together, fighting for the same nutrients, not using the right fertilizer in the soil, so they're not replacing the nutrients as they're needed. And you end up with a very weak ecosystem. And once something comes in, then it can spread like wildfire. So we have agronomists and biologists on our full-time staff. We're constantly analyzing soil, leaves, uh, products, whether it be coffee or chocolate. And we, But using fertilizers as an example, a lot of subsistence farmers buy fertilizer from the local store in the same place that his dad bought it, and they have no idea what they're putting in the soil. We Uh, analyze the soil, and we only put in exactly what's missing, only exactly what the soil needs. And by doing that properly, managing your inputs versus your outputs, checking to see different levels of different things in your soil, planting different Varietals of plants and trees that can fix nitrogen levels and things like this around your farm Gives you a balanced ecosystem and a sustainable farm and those farms Rarely get sick and if something comes along we have the agronomists and biologists on staff that we can take action and prevent anything from spreading
0: That's a great explanation. I I didn't know all of it, right Uh, so um, One more question is how can, uh, let's say if someone needs more info and how can someone not knowing anything about chocolate or Belize invest in cacao parcels?
1: So we have a fairly extensive um, introduction email series for for exactly as the reason you said. People have no idea about coffee or cacao or where they come from. And a lot of people don't know much about Panama or Belize either. So there's a lot to learn so we've got we've created an introduction email series one for coffee one for cacao there the emails have quite a lot of content some of them are pretty long um one of the first one contains an faq second one has links to other podcasts that we've appeared in the third one has some links to youtube channels so you get some written some oral and some visual so you can get a sense of the whole operation on our websites as well we've got lots of contents since you came on board Alpesh, we've changed a little bit in January, where we went from being an investment-based parcel-selling company to now, if you go to internationalcoffeefarms.com, it's a coffee website. It's about coffee and farming and processing, oh. the varietals of coffee we have, because now that's, our, that's where the coffee buyers are going to. And in Belize, P&E Cacao Plantations website is a cacao and chocolate website where you can see the farms, the, new, the nurseries, the staff, the varietals, cacao, and the processes. And we're, we're migrating. The reason we kind of rebranded ourselves or branded ourselves as Agronosotros was to bring everything together under one umbrella. And if you go to agrononosotros.com, you'll see um, a land ownership page where you can read through everything as well. So, and I can give you the correct spelling of that, agronosotros.com, where you can put it in your show notes.
0: Yes, definitely. I'll put the uh, you know, exact spelling and the website on the show notes. So my listeners can reach out to you uh, if they are interested or at least if they want to get more information around it. Uh, so I think we covered most of it. Did we miss anything? No, I think we covered most of it. The,
1: the, if it's most of the clients that we talk to, most of the people that we're talking to, to see if this is a good fit for them. It depends what you're trying to do with your portfolio so most people we talk to are either heavily in one country one jurisdiction or one asset class and they want to diversify a little bit and it doesn't mean taking all your assets and putting them offshore because then you're no longer diversified either but right. taking a taking a percentage of your portfolio almost like a take 20 percent and that's your hedge against the other 80 percent of your cash performing yep. assets and you put 20 percent into agriculture and say gold silver precious metals and that's your hedge that's your counterbalance but the, the agriculture can also be cash flowing once it's fully productive so if you're looking to get some of your fiat currency out of the banks and into a hard asset getting some of your paper assets out of the casinos on wall street and put it into something <laughs> where it's uncorrelated and, and less uh, less likely to be manipulated um, and if you're interested in just internationalizing your life and your portfolio, a lot of people like the international aspect where they can come down here, bring their kids down here. We've got one client um, who is sending his son down here for us for a month in June. He's going to get an internship wow. with us to get a, a reality check from uh, life in Southern California to see how a coffee farmer lives. Yeah, um, And it's, it's part of the lifestyle. That client bought the parcels for his kids, and they grow up knowing that the impact that their investment has
0: on the lives right. of the panamanian kids. Right. So yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think you summed it up really well. Just to remind my listeners that you can write off that trip to Belize once you own that parcel, right? So <laughs> I, believe, I believe the caveat is
1: if you own it in your personal name, you can write it off. I think if you own it in your IRA, you may not be
0: able to. Oh, that is correct. Like that. Yeah, that, that is correct. Yeah, if you own it in your IRA, yes, you cannot because you have to have arm's length transaction. Correct. But uh, yeah, I think it, you, you put it, um, you summed it up really well. I didn't have to add much. Uh, thank you so much. Again, I will put um, it in the show notes. I will put the link to the website. I thoroughly enjoyed the podcast.
1: Yeah, always a pleasure. Um, hopefully we'll see you again soon.
0: Yeah, definitely looking forward to it, hopefully this year. Thank you, Darren. Okay, Alpesh, always a pleasure. Talk to you soon. If you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing!